This is the Rebel Entrepreneur Podcast, and I am not Alan Donegan. I am Emma Khan, and I have been given control for one episode only. Today, we are going to be talking about the role that choice has in your life and in your business. So if you're thinking, do I actually enjoy what I'm doing? Does this feel good to me? Do I know where I want to go? Do I have goals? Do I need goals? Should I be doing something else? Like today, we're going to be talking about all that stuff. And I'm going to be finding out from Alan about the choices that he's made that has made Rebel, the podcast, the business school, the finance school, everything he does so successful. And I'm sure there'll be lots for us to learn from it. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Okay, okay, well, let's start then. So thank you for having me, even though I am the host now, you know, but I will still thank you for letting me on your podcast. But today I am in charge. So um, I wondered, my first question is around that, actually, how do you feel today with the roles reversed? Like, what's the most exciting bit of that? And what's the most scary bit? Not being in control. <laughs> The scary bit is you never quite know what's going to happen, but that's also what's exciting. And actually, I did 10 years of delivering presentations. And my most exciting bit is when people ask questions, because I get to actually think and engage. When I'm delivering my content, I'm talking through what I know. And then the questions help me strengthen my thoughts. So Q&A has always been my most exciting bit. I love it. And I get fully into it oh that's good because I like asking questions so that's good so I'm quite excited about that too but I'm also a bit scared because I don't know what's going to happen either so that's good (laughs) we'll both just you know make it up as we go (laughs) so I did I have planned some questions but we'll kind of see what happens maybe and this is what I love about asking the questions is that I don't know what your answers are going to be so you might say something I have no idea what you're going to answer and so that might lead us to a place that I couldn't even predict yet. So we'll just kind of see what happens as I ask you. But where I wanted to start was around Rebel or Pop Up, as it was formerly known. And now I know Rebel, and I'm sure everyone listening does. It's a global business and it's like this huge thing. And, and I see that and, and I kind of know the beginning in a way. Like I've seen that video of you and Simon on the sofa with the pan <laughs> coming out of your head. Like I've seen that. So I kind of know where it starts. But like, I, I want to know, I don't really know much about the bit just before that. Like, what was the, what was the idea? What was the spark? What was the thing that kind of, for you, made it happen, you know, that started that journey into pop-up, which is now Rebel? Well, I guess at the very start, I went out, started my own business doing training and I was just desperately trying to get business. So I joined, I don't know if you've heard of BNI or 4N. They're these like networking groups you go along to and you have breakfast and you chat. And I joined those. I was just desperate. Any way to get business. And one of the guys there said, oh, I've got a friend who's a school teacher and he needs to run an entrepreneurial course. You could do that, couldn't you? And I'd never done it. I was just like, yeah, of course I can. And I met with the school teacher. His name was Mark Robertson. He's such a nice guy. And he said to me, I went to school, went to college, and then went to university, got my degree, and then went straight back to school to teach. 
I've never been in business. I've only been in education. And now the government is expecting me to run an entrepreneurship course. I don't know what I'm doing. But they have given me a budget. Uh, Would you like to create one with me? And I was like, yes, this sounds amazing. So I designed this nine-month program for the kids about like coming up with an idea, meeting these people. I had a board break session where they got these big chunks of wood and they wrote their barriers on it and we smashed through them and my friend Tom ran it and we did this nine-month program. It went really well. The teachers the teachers fed back that there was only probably 30 kids on the, the whole thing across three schools and the teachers read, fed back that they could tell who in the school had been on the course because it just changed the way they looked at business at life then I spent the next year trying to sell to schools which don't really have very much money for that stuff because they've got teachers who teach it and it was my worst year ever in business but I was just hooked on helping people build businesses and I'd learned so much because the British government tried to force me to write a business plan and get a loan and all of that jazz and I didn't want to do it So eventually I came to, well, I can sell courses this way to make money and do good at the same time. But that was the kind of first project that... Oh, that's amazing. I didn't know that. And that's so interesting because I I come from a teaching background, so... So like I didn't know that I didn't know that you did it in schools first and and I'm not surprised that there was kind of this expectation that the teachers just oh just teach this extra thing because that's kind of my experience is like yeah now just teach this and I go yep okay I'll do another thing <laughs> but it's so good that like you've just shown how important it is to get people in that have different perspectives to to work with the children and the teachers and the whole system to show them that things can be different and I love the idea of what you did with the breaking the boards and writing their barriers and smashing them and stuff like that would be so powerful for, you know, for me now. I might do that, but that would be so powerful. <laughs> but to do that at school is so important to start these things and start these thoughts young, because a bit like that teacher you mentioned, I did the same thing. I went you know, to school, university, get a job in teaching. So a bit like him, I'd then only been in education my whole life. So then when I left that, then I went, well, I, I can't start a business. I'm not the kind of person to do that. And that's why I'm so thankful to, to Rebel and to Pop Up because you kind of shame me, well, maybe I can be the kind of person that does that. Like maybe there isn't a kind of person that does it. Like maybe you get to choose. And, that, and that's what's so powerful. So that's amazing to hear because I didn't know that part of the story. Maybe you get to choose. I love that statement because you do get to choose. You get to choose what life you want to have. And if you're willing to learn, if you're willing to pay the price to do it, you can choose anything. And I think that's where it gets really exciting. Yeah, I'm totally with you. And a lot of what I'm about now and what I do is about helping people make choices that feel good to them. So there's definitely some questions I've got for you about the choices you've made and the choices that you want to make and the choices you would recommend for people. So we'll definitely kind of dig into that a bit more because I'm totally with you. It's all about the choices that you make. So that's so exciting. So that's how it kind of started. And then that kind of leads to what I wanted to know next, which was when you did then start it, so you did this course with the school, it sounds like you did just, you got asked, can you do it? And you said yes. And then you worked it out later and then kind of worked out that you could do it and you delivered it. So, so did you have a clear vision at that point of what you wanted now Rebel Business School at the time pop up or even before it even had a name did you have a a clear vision of where you wanted it to be or was it kind of a go with the flow see what happens and and keep following it like what was the balance of knowing 
we're going for global dom- you know domination as you have done <laughs> versus like i'm just going to try this thing and see what happens what was the balance there well it's just at the start you just try stuff like i had no idea what it would become i didn't imagine being in five, six countries around the world with a course that Simon and I wrote on entrepreneurship. And I had no idea any of this was going to happen. I just wanted to change things and make things better. And I ran experiments and did random stuff. I didn't know they were called experiments. I was just trying things. And we tried the first course and we sold a course and we tried it. And I don't think Simon and I ever like had this thought of this will turn into 30 courses. I think that came later. And we just did stuff it worked. And then we're like, let's do more of it. And actually, I like to joke later on in life, I was like, oh, I've built this business that keeps me on the road constantly traveling around the cities of the UK and the world running courses. This wasn't what I designed. I want to be at home and spend time with my wife and do this. And actually, it's really fascinating. I just built a business. I just did stuff. I wanted to make things happen. And I didn't necessarily have a clear vision I did have a clear vision of what I wanted to change. So I knew that business plans didn't work. I knew that loans were evil and I still feel that way. And I knew I wanted to change that. I wanted to change the way entrepreneurship is taught. This stuff's done wrong. Please take this in the right way. I don't think schools teach what you actually need to learn to be successful in life at times. And I was, this might've changed, but I was uber frustrated that, if I I'm shaking my head. Things... People can't see that. But yeah, I'm not in the education system anymore because there are there are changes that you know would make things better, as you've shown, like that you've gone in and kind of shown how life can be different, and that is important to show young people how prepare them for life in whatever way they choose. It doesn't have to be one predetermined path. So yeah, I'm totally with you. Don't feel you're speaking out there when you're saying anything about schools to me. Because I just thought, like, if you look at all the skills that make me successful or that I believe have made me successful, it is my ability to communicate, my ability to make things happen, my ability to sell, my ability to manage my finances and invest. None of that I learned at school. I learned it from self-study, from books, courses, CD sets. And school obviously taught me how to read, write, maths. It gave me the basics that you have to do, and they are incredibly important. But did geography actually help me be successful in life? I mean, I suppose it's an interesting point. And, and what I would say about schools, which may not have been the case in, in your experience or view, is that actually it is about those skills. So this is what I found when I was teaching. So I was a primary teacher that actually what I wanted to be teaching was young children, like how to communicate. And that includes how to listen and how to make your point clearly and how to kind of respond to people and how to ask for help when you're stuck and how to keep going when you find things hard and be resilient and all those things. And I might have taught that through teaching long division, for example. But my point was long division isn't really the thing here. Like I would prefer the children to leave my class having all those skills because if they then know how to learn, they can learn how to do long division at some point in the future. But if they only leave with the long division, they haven't got all that other stuff. So I get what you're saying and I think that's where it's maybe not done well if you're feeling like I was just taught a load of stuff because the stuff isn't isn't the skills that you're talking about. You're talking about all the skills that you have that have got you to where you are now. Yeah, and I think learning those skills, I just went out and was like, I need to know negotiation. 
I will read three books on it and go on a course. And by the time I've done that, I know more than most people about negotiation. And you kind of just build those skills up. But I didn't really have a clear vision. I had a vision of what I wanted to change. I didn't have a vision of where the business went. I just went out there and was like, this stuff needs to change like a crazy man and worked. And sometimes it made friends and sometimes it made enemies. But I did make things happen. Yeah, that's so that's so important, I think, to hear, because I think from my experience, there are sometimes the messages I get in businesses like, you should know, you should have these big plans and you should know exactly where you're going. And I think, but I don't know. And then does that make me somehow less because I don't know exactly where I'm going or what I, you know, where do you want to be in five years time? I'm like, I don't know. I could be anywhere. I don't know. I could be where you are. I could be in Colombia. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, and so not knowing I think in, in maybe for some people can be made to feel like you, you should know, you should have a plan. So you've done this whole thing with Rebel and you've built it to where it is now, but you didn't start with with that. You just had a clear vision of what you wanted to change and the fact that you wanted to help people and it's grown from there. Yeah, and then every year we recommitted to it. And I think this is the other bit people don't realise is like every year I was Simon and I would have this meeting at the end of the year with us and then when we hired people the team and we go do we still want to do this <laughs> is this fun are we going in the right direction and and sometimes we would go okay this year we want to sell 20 courses and we'd go forwards but that was kind of the extent of it sometimes we'd come up with huge ideas like we want to one of my big ideas which I still love is I want to democratize entrepreneurship so make the best entrepreneurial education free for everyone and that's the podcast that's kind of what i do is do it and we're doing it by the step-by-step guide on the website and the free courses and you come up with the idea that drives you but i think i had a, a general meaning purpose and then i just made stuff happen and if i got bored i made something different happen if i enjoyed it i did more of it and i just pressed and tried to make things happen and like I don't always have a full vision. The only thing I've ever had a full vision on is financial independence. And that was, okay, I get the maths behind financial independence. I have my goal. And then I spent five, six years following it and made it. Other than that, I've never really done that. That's so interesting to hear because I think, this might be my perception, but what you're saying is is totally how I feel about what I'm doing is like, just keep doing it, like try something, see what works, do some more of it if you like it. If it's not fun, don't do it, that kind of thing. But I sometimes feel this this voice of should that comes in. It's like, but you should have a plan and you should know exactly what you're trying to achieve and you should have a big goal. Otherwise, you're not a proper entrepreneur because you don't have this big thing. But but you're a proper entrepreneur and you didn't have a, a clear vision. So that's like, that's really good. I think that's probably, that's disproving stuff for me. But I think probably for people listening, I, I think that probably be kind of dispelling some myths there that actually you can have a vision about what you want to do and what you want to change and who you want to help and all that stuff that you said, but you don't actually need to know exactly what that's going to look like in 10 years time. So for everyone listening and for Emma, stop shooting all over yourself. I know it's awful, isn't it? <laughs> Do what feels right. Do what you think is the right action. Do what you think will help your client the best. Do what feels right. And that will tend to work far better than I should do this because society has said I should have a global vision for what five years, 10 years, 15 years will be. And I struggled to do that. 
I don't know where I'm going to be in five years' time. But who I'm wants in Columbia to know? at the moment. Do you want to know? Fun. Do you want to know exactly what you're doing in five years? I don't want to know. I don't want it to kind be that predictable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to know actually. So all this should. No, I don't want to. And and I know you're like this, but this is what I do. Whenever I hear a should pop up in my head, I I catch it now. It's like an alarm bell. I go, oh, where's that coming from? And then I change it to I choose to do something. So instead of I should do this, I go. Okay, I choose to do. And it might be that I choose to do the thing, the same thing, but it feels better. Or I might choose to do something totally different. But that's the that's coming back to the to the choice, you know, rather than the should. So yeah, if they come up for anyone's listening, I think that is a, a key thing I've learned. Every time I hear a should, all the other ones that get, you know, disguised, I have to, I need to, I must, all those things. Like every time I hear them, I'm like, oh, hold on, where's that coming from? I get to choose. Well, I think the fascinating bit is, where's it coming from? Was it someone wrote it in a book? Was it a teacher that said it? Is it a general society belief that you should move into a four-bed house, that you should do this? And then it's just interesting to notice where it comes from. And I think there's the global shoulds of go to school, get good grades, go to college, get good grades, get your university degree, get a good job get a pet to prove you're not going to kill it, get a partner, plant have kids. Pet. You want a house plant, plant before first. pet. I miss <laughs> yeah. the plant. Um, it's an important step. You don't want to go straight, you don't want to go straight in with an animal. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, you're right. All those things are just shoulds that come from, where do they come from? What society deems is the good path. Yeah. Society has decided that this is the way life should be. But what's interesting is, when you actually look at it and go, do I really want that? And if the answer is yes, that's cool. That's what I mean about then you get to go, I choose to get a four-bed house. Great. That feels good. But I should get a four-bed house because someone's telling me somewhere feels different to I choose to do it. And that's what I mean about swapping the shoulds to the cheese. And even what Absolutely. you were saying about the get a good job. Like, what's good? Is a good job, it, like when people say it's a good job, it's a good salary. It's like, well, who's who says it's good? Like maybe good for you is that you, you know, can travel the world. Maybe good for you is that you get to spend more time with your family and you only have to work a few hours a day. Or maybe good for you is it could be anything. But good is quite a narrow thing when it's used in that context, isn't it? It's like what someone else says is a good job. Yeah, it's a good company. It's a good company it's a good job it's you know solid solid good and all this stuff and it's this vision of what it should be but i think this is where it gets exciting because good is different for everyone because what is the perfect life for you probably isn't the perfect life for me and that's where there's infinite variety and we're all able to find our life of success because yeah success means something different to everyone yeah, so you just exactly. go and make up your own version and have a go at it you get to choose you get to choose what success means to you. You get to choose what good means to you. You get to choose what happiness means to you. That's why it's so powerful, I think, because you get to choose all this stuff. And before you set out to get the good job, you can choose what a good job might look like for you. And then you can set out to get it if you want or create it in your business, which is what you're exactly. teaching. Exactly. If it doesn't exist, just build it. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So, so what I'd love to know is like with all the experience that you now have, with knowing now how Rebel started and it was this kind of try something out, try something else, see what happens, and it and it's just grown. If you were to, I don't know why this would ever happen, but if you were to do it all again, <laughs> start from the beginning, like with everything you know now, what would you do the same and what would you do differently? 
So I'm I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to give a, a thing. The bad stuff that happened had to happen for me to get the education to be who I am today. So would I change anything? The answer is no. All of that pain has built the person that's in front of you right now. And I would not be me without that. So that's kind of simple. Would I do things differently to get there quicker? Like, yes. Would I like one of the mistakes I made was in sales. And like when I started, I was like, oh, I want to sell this thing to housing associations. So I contacted like five. And then you sat and waited for them to come back to you. And then, yeah, yeah okay. like, oh, just go and contact all of them and see what happens. Like, put it out there big and see what happens. So I would not. What was the reason have why gone you think? Small. What was the reason why you went small? Was it just you didn't know you had to go bigger or was you didn't think you could go bigger or you were worried if you went like what why was the reason that you only contacted 5 not 500 at that point? Scared of rejection, confidence, lack of confidence. I just I hated making phone calls. I didn't want to do it. So it's easier to be rejected 5 times than it is to be rejected 500 times. <laughs> yes, yes. Rejection is not nice even today. But, but is that true, do you think? Or do you think that once you've been rejected five times, 500, does 500 feel a lot worse than five times? Or or do you feel like you've just kind of got used to it now? And like, does that get easier, the rejection? Yes, it 100% get easier because you go, well, so the thing that really clicked for me that helped with rejection is I and my business are not right for everyone. And I really like that. I think when I was younger, I was trying to sell to everyone. Like, everyone should have this. Therefore, if I got rejected, it was a dagger to the heart because why would they reject me? Because everyone's important. Now I go, well, not everyone is going to like me. Well, that's very clear. And not everyone is going to resonate with the business idea. And the quicker I find that out, the better. And the more time I save them and me. And if it doesn't work, awesome. Let's move on to the next and I will find someone who loves it. I'll find someone who it helps and we'll go from there. So I think that's that fundamentally changed everything. That Actually, rejection is good because it gets you to acceptance in the right places quicker. Whereas if I was trying to get, if I spent all of my un- energy trying to convert the unconvertible to change people's minds and get them to buy me when... It wasn't right for them. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of my energy. It's a waste of my life force. I just need to find where I can make a difference. So so you wouldn't change the bad stuff because I, I totally get what you're saying. Like that's what taught you the lessons. And so you need to learn those lessons in, in the way that it happened. But you would maybe speed things up a bit with what you know now. You would try and speed it up a bit. Yeah. And I guess in a way, Katie and I have just launched the Rebel Finance School. And we've run two versions and it's kind of a brand new thing. And we've taken everything we've learned from launching Rebel Business School and rolled it into Rebel Finance School. And we've done it differently. We're running it online. It's bigger courses. We haven't got sponsorship yet. I'm running the first few versions. We're testing quick. Like we've done a whole host of stuff differently. And I think that's always going to be the case. So what would I do differently? You're doing it now. You're doing the different stuff now. And I'm guessing yeah. you're telling more than five people about Rebel Finance School. <laughs> I'm guessing yeah. you've already done told that. as many people as they could. Yeah. Well, the first course had 150 people on. The second course we had 400, and that's bigger than any Rebel Business School we've ever run. Wow. So it's really interesting. Like it took me two courses in the Finance School to be bigger 
than any course we've run in the uh, business school. We just run a lot more courses in the business school. But it's really interesting when you take the learnings and apply it to the next thing and continue to develop. But you've got to go through the rubbish. Like, actually, I'd just go through it quicker. I wouldn't pout as much afterwards. I wouldn't spend two weeks recovering by watching movies. I'd just get on to the next thing and learn the next lesson as fast as possible. And I have this belief that the universe sends you challenges because you need to learn something. And like, it's never nice. Simon always does this to me. I go to him, Simon, having a bad time. I'm in pain. I hate this. And he goes, Aaron, what was this sent to teach you? I know. It wasn't I sent to that, teach me anything. <laughs> I have that question uh, echoing now because because I've heard <laughs> you guys share it and I'm like, yeah, okay, yes, yes, I get it. But I get it. Like it's it's not easy sometimes. You, you and I think it is important to have that moment of a little bit of wallowing or a little bit of you know express yourself. But then, like you say, it's not the maybe wallowing is the wrong word because that that sort of implies it's longer. Ten it's minutes, more like, maybe twenty minutes. Yeah. Okay, this is frustrating. Kind of shout it out or whatever and then go right now what let's move on and I think like you say it sounds like you're doing that a lot quicker but also and I'm sure you know this and it's the whole idea of what you do but the fact that you're sharing that is so valuable for other people because you can share all those lessons you've learned and so I can kind of learn some of those lessons through you and go hold on (laughs) like I might not make that mistake because I've been told about it or at least when I'm making it I recognize it a lot quicker because I've heard you talk about it so I go oh hold on I'm doing that thing (laughs) I'm doing the thing I'm only contacting five people that's the thing that Alan said not to do so so the fact that you're sharing is so valuable because when people are doing this alone it can feel we can learn all the lessons on our own but that's why it's so important to have people that are sharing like you yeah and building this community of people that can share and and learn from mistakes because sometimes it's easier to see other people as in other people's mistakes or you can see it more objectively. And I think you shared something once before in one of your podcasts, you said something like, I don't want to misquote you, she might go, no, I didn't say that, but it was a good thing. But it was something like, um, when you're stuck, give someone else some advice because quite often you tell them the thing that you need to hear yourself. And that that has been so true for me over the last few months. Since I heard you say that, I'm like, I'm sort of talking to someone else. And I think, hold on, that's really good advice. I'm going to go and do that thing. <laughs> but when you're stuck in your own thing, it's hard to see, isn't it? So, so I, that that resonates a lot. But again, I wouldn't have known that unless you'd shared it. So, so thank you for sharing it all because it's so helpful for people. It's my pleasure. Simon likes to repeat: you don't have to make the same mistakes we did. You can learn from our mistakes and do something different. And then you get to go out and make new mistakes that we never dreamed of. And we can all learn together from those. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. I look forward to making some new ones then. That's good. <laughs> you know, I don't know what they're going to be yet. I'm sure we're going to make them. But I think it, what you're saying is as soon as you get over the fact that there will be rejection, there will be mistakes, there will be failures, then you can just do it faster, can't you? You can learn from it rather than trying to protect yourself from those things. Because the only way to not fail is to not try. And then you're not going to get very far. Exactly. And it's going to be a bit raw and it's going to be a bit painful. But I tell you what, pain is quite a good teacher sometimes. And you learn from it and you have a go and then you can go home to your cat, dog, partner, friend, give them a hug. Life will be good. Have some food. Houseplant. Yeah, give the houseplant a hug. Talk to it a bit. And then you just have another go. And I think the only way to fail is to give up trying. That's so powerful, isn't it? So on that, what what's next for Rebel? Like it's already a global thing, you know? 
I don't that's not the best word for it, is it? Thing. Business. Enterprise. <laughs> it's a global you know, thing Yeah, you know what I mean. But it like it's already doing so much. So like, have you got plans for it to get bigger can it get more like the rebel thing you're doing the finance school you've got the podcast it's already getting more powerful like can it get more powerful and and if it can how are you going to do that or or what's the vision for it so this kind of ties into your first thing I don't really know I'm just having fun doing stuff I'm making it up and actually like at the moment Katie and I are buzzing about the rebel finance school and helping people and we love it but that might not be the case in two years and someone else might take it over and we might grow it who knows where the rebel business school are going but at the moment we're having a huge amount of fun of creating these resources online that help people the podcast team in the uk have created rebel on demand which is a set of videos to help people get going and when they actually need it to keep moving we're running the courses we're making money we're having fun and i keep repeating the extraordinary belongs to those that create it which sounds very grand but the piece that i then say is the extraordinary is created by the tiny daily actions like sending an email tracking your spending investing a few pounds here or there or a few dollars making your marketing calls like it It sounds grand, but it's just by doing stuff. So if I can spend my days doing meaningful activities, I will be heading in the right direction. And it's unbelievable what I'm going to build. Like it does help to have a little bit of idea of I'm heading over there. I want to change this. But then just focusing on the day-to-day stuff of doing good stuff, making progress. It's unbelievable where you get to just by doing that. I I think similar. I think, and that's good to know because that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, oh, that's good. I'm thinking the same as Alan. So I think that it's you know you don't need to fully see the kind of final destination. And the thing with that is there is no final destination anyway. You know because it's all life carries on. So you don't want to get to the final destination. So it's but you kind of know the direction you're heading. And the way I see it is that like so apparently I don't know if you knew this, but an aeroplane is off course for something like ninety to ninety five percent of its of its flight. But it know it programs in roughly where well not even roughly but sort of it's heading that direction. <laughs> but the whole thing is it's just correcting all the way. It doesn't need to fully know exactly. It doesn't need to prepare for the landing. It doesn't need to know all that stuff just yet. It just needs to be heading in the right direction, and that's the way I see it. Like if you're guided by your values and what you want to change and what you know and all the stuff that you're saying, you'll know when you're off course and you go, oh, I'll just step a bit back more that way, and oh, I've stepped off course again. I'll come back. I don't think you have to know exactly the final place that you're heading because I just don't, I just don't think life works like that. But that sounds like what you're saying as well. So it's good to know. I have no idea where I'm going to be in five years. I'm just going to have fun doing cool stuff. And I think at the start, Simon and I were very much like, we just want to earn money and do cool stuff. So let's sell some stuff and see what happens. And we sold some stuff and it worked and then we sold some more and it worked and then we built a team and we're like, oh, we didn't realise we were building a team. Now we've got a business and... Now what do we do with that? Do some new stuff and you keep saying, well, what got you here won't get you there. So the interesting bit is there is always a new level that you can learn, grow, and it is fascinating when you have that experience of like oh I didn't even know this new level was available 
what do I need to learn now to get to the yeah. next step? Yeah. That kind of makes it exciting and fun. I, I see it a bit like, just to throw in another metaphor, but I see it a bit like, you know, in a computer game where you go up the levels, but you don't know when you're in one level, you don't know there's another level. Like quite often you unlock more levels, don't you? So you're just living in that world. That's the world you're in. And then you go, oh, hold on, there's another level here. I didn't know. And you don't necessarily know how many levels there are and you don't even know about the next one until you're in the one before which it sounds like what you're saying you kind of keep getting to a new level and then thinking oh hold on there's more to learn there's more I can do and that's quite exciting to know that you can just kind of keep going on that journey and there's always a big bad boss at the end that's going to throw you some curveballs cause you some pain throw some things at you that you've got to work out how to get past to get to the new level yeah. and that will always happen i still have it it's like what have i got to learn now what do i need to do to get better and there's always a big bad boss out there somewhere they don't think they're the big bad boss because they're trying to do the right things and so are you there is always the big bad boss that will teach you something it will knock you down and you learn more from your failures than you do your successes quite regularly. Oh, so interesting. So so I think we've talked about this already, but what I'd love to just dig into a little bit is around, around your choices. Because like I said, that is something that's so important for me is about I've realised that, you know, I get to choose in this life. I get to choose so much. And when you choose, when you're choosing, you feel empowered. And, and that that choice is so important. And when I felt most disempowered is when I feel like either I don't have a choice or I don't know what to choose. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not making choices. I'm just letting life happen. And it's very clear to me that you're not letting life happen. That you're choosing it. How would you say, you know, choice? How important to you is that in your life? The aspect of choice. I know you've kind of already alluded to it, but what part does that play in your life? It's everything. It's I get to decide what I want to do, and. It took me many years to build up the strength and courage not just to follow that standard path. And now I choose what I want life to be like. And actually, I choose with Katie. Let's not get ahead of myself. Like we choose together and we love choosing together. And we we do it in many ways. We have monthly reflection where we look at the areas of our life, relationships, finance, fun, career, business, mission, like all the areas of life. And we go... How do we feel about these areas of life? And are we happy with the destination if we keep going this way? If not, change. If you're happy, press in. Um, and we do that monthly. Then we've had a lot of fun recently. And we got to financial independence a couple of years ago. And we're just about to repeat this exercise. But we did a, what do we want life to be like in FI? And you could actually do this for anything. You could do, what do I want life to be like in business? What do I want life to be like in this? And we both individually created a PowerPoint full of pictures. You know, that's my love language PowerPoint. A new PowerPoint um, is going to come in somewhere. It has to eventually. I do too much promotion for free for Microsoft. If you're listening to this, you should sponsor this podcast. Um, but we both created this PowerPoint full of pictures. And the reason for doing that is it allows each person that is involved. So if you've got a business, you can do it with two or three people. If you're working with a school, you might do it with the board. What's our vision? Like, what do we want the school to be like? And we come up with ideas and then you go through it and Katie shares hers, I shared mine. We planned what we wanted to do and made a few bits happen. And then we'll do a new one and make a few more bits happen. But I think it's really important to share those ideas 
because you do need ideas of where to go next. You don't need a long-term vision, but you do need what do we want life to be like? What are we going to do? How are we going to spend our time? What's our finances like? What's our relationships like? I do think that is incredibly important to discuss that. Well, it obviously works because I bet some of the stuff that you've put on those PowerPoint, like, do you ever look back at them? You know, the one that you created a few years ago, do you look back and go, tick, 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 we've done all that stuff and, oh, actually, we changed our mind on that. Like, Or do you kind of do it and then move on? Or do you go back and go, did we make that stuff happen? Because I think that would be interesting. I definitely go back through it. I have a goals book back from like the early 2000s that I used to write all my goals in. And it's really interesting reading through the goals. Uh, at the time, it was own a Lamborghini, have a big business, have a four bed house, have two kids, this, that. And I ended up with the exact opposite of it. But I was what I wanted later on in life. And your goals completely change. And just because you've written it down doesn't mean you have to do it. But the act of writing it down, looking at it, and then sometimes I go back and go, that was a good idea, but I wasn't ready for it then. I'll do it now. Sometimes I look at it and go, what was I thinking? I don't know. And then other ones, like I go through and one of my goals was to have an American style fridge. Oh, okay. Like the big double ones with like mm-hmm. the ice cubes and stuff. For the people listening, British fridges are tiny They're like 60 centimetres wide. Americans, 120. You have more space for food. I like food. I like big fridges. That was one of my goals. So I look back and go, oh, yes, I got my American-style fridge. I feel happy. And I had silly goals. I had fun goals. Yeah. But I'd have all sorts of stuff I wanted to do, like own a camcorder, have an American-style fridge, write a movie, become financially independent, take Katie uh, for pizza. Like, it's just random stuff I wanted to do and I had great fun and I'm constantly re-choosing the direction I want to go and the life I want to lead and if something is not fitting its purpose is not helping other people is not doing right for me then you've got to let it go well I wanted to ask you that I wanted to ask you like what what has been the most like liberating thing to let go of? Like whether it's a goal, like you've just said, or like a belief that you've had about yourself or like just a thing in your life, like in your journey so far to get to where you've got to, what has been the most liberating thing to let go of? I think the most liberating thing to let go of was the thought of who I should be. I should be this, I should be that. This is who society thinks I should be. And I don't have to do any of that. I can just be me. And people love me, even though I'm a geek about Lego. I love pizza and Marvel movies. Like, I'm addicted to Marvel stuff. I have an Iron Man belt. I have an Iron Man phone case. Like, I'm addicted to Marvel. And people love me anyway. Well, some do. Some think I'm an absolute weirdo. But I don't really care. That's fine. I was going to say from what you said earlier, you know, the what if I put it out to 500 people and they all reject me? Like, you know, like you said, you realise not everyone is going to be for you. And so letting go of that feeling that I need everyone to like me, like that feels pretty liberating. Just knowing I'm going to be me and some people will like me and some people won't. And that's that's great. Like that feels pretty liberating. I think I had a pathological need for people to like me when I was younger because I was bullied at school. And I felt like I didn't have friends and no one really liked me. 
So then I had this real need to become the entertainer and to be liked. That was very liberating to put that down and go, I don't care if you like me. I am just Alan. Like, I'm just me. I have all my flaws, all my weirdnesses, and I try my hardest. I do my best. I get up and I keep going, but I'm just me. And I think it was very liberating to put down the idea that I should be this or I have to be this person or I'm trying to be liked by everyone because not everyone is going to like me. Oh, that's huge. And what would you say, like this for me was something I realised that I actually get to choose on the choice one. I get to choose what I think and what I believe. I didn't used to know that. I used to just like have thoughts pop into my head and think that's the way it is. And and some of the stuff I would have sworn to you was the way the world was. I wouldn't have known it was a belief. I would have said, but that's the way it is. And when I realised that that was a belief, and then not only is it not necessarily true, it's just my version of how I see the world rather than the world, I realised that, oh, I actually get to choose this stuff in my head. I get to choose what I believe. So what's been the most like empowering thing that you've chosen to believe about yourself or about your goals or about, you know, about anything? But what would you say has been a really empowering thing that you've actually chosen consciously to believe in? So first up, I completely agree with choosing beliefs. I went on a course many years ago that talked about beliefs and choosing beliefs and the beliefs of successful people versus the beliefs of people who struggle. And it blew my mind about choosing. And the example they gave was everyone has examples of when people have been bad. So last night, Katie's phone was stolen. That's someone being bad. They've taken something of ours, naughty. Um <laughs> Equally, at other times, people have been incredibly good. So like your energy in writing these questions and helping me and the energy coming back from the the podcast and people have been incredibly nice to us and they take us for food and they look after us and we have incredible times. And I've got references for both, bad and good. And I can choose whether people are generally good or whether people are generally bad. And that belief will then determine how I interact in the world. And I've actually tried out both. And I know the one that works best for me is people are generally good. They care. They're trying to do the best they can. And so based on that, I've started to try and test beliefs. You can learn anything is a belief I love. Never used to have that, but that's incredibly powerful. I can do anything if I'm willing to pay the price and put the time in. It has a big asterisk, willing to pay the price. Yeah, if you want to. It's like, if I choose, to, I can do anything if I choose to. That, that's the way I see it. Like, you you have to want to do it because otherwise, you know, you, it's, I don't think it's going to happen. You have to want to do these things, don't you? Absolutely. And then you kind of go down the list of beliefs. People are generally good. The way to get rich in life is to help other people get what they want and charge for it. Sales can be fun. Sales transforms the world. Oh, I like that one. Money creates opportunity. Money is fun. Like I have this whole set of beliefs and ideas that guide my behaviors that are quite different to the standard beliefs of money is the root of all evil. Uh, Money causes pain and problems. Like I don't have any of those anymore. I've chosen to believe something else, which has created different results in my life. And I think what you said there, there's so much to that. Like one, you get to choose the belief like you've said, and then you get to choose to look for the evidence for that belief. And I think, you know, one that we get told quite often is you have to, I'll have to see it to believe it. And I don't think that's true. I think it's the other way around. I think you have to believe it to see it. 
And again, but that's a belief that I have. I have to believe it to see it. But once you believe people are good, you will then find the evidence that people are good. But if you wait, believing people are bad to be proven wrong, like it, that isn't going to happen. So, but it's kind of banded about that, isn't it? Like, oh, I have to see it to believe it. And I think, no, you have to believe it to see it, which is, I think, what you're saying. Choose the belief that you consciously want that's going to help you get where you want to go and then go out and see, choose to see the evidence that backs it up. Which the bit you're saying is choose to see the evidence, which we are incredible creatures that go out and look for evidence to back up what we believe. So if someone's annoyed you, you will look at everything they're doing for more things that have annoyed you and then categorize them as annoying. If you love someone, you will ignore everything they do that ignores you and look for the things that they do that are good. And it's really interesting. We look for the evidence that backs up our beliefs, which further traps us from ever changing. So, yeah, it's so powerful. Again, the choice runs through all of that, doesn't it? You get to choose what you believe. You get to choose what your goals are. You get to choose what you want. You get to choose how you do things. You get to choose what you believe. You get to choose if you're going to find the evidence for that belief. Like, you get to choose all of that. And there might be people listening now that think, well, I don't, I don't believe that can be true. But again, that's a belief. <laughs> I don't believe what Alan's saying is true, what Alan and Emma are saying is true. Like, But then they'll find the evidence to back that up. They'll go, but it doesn't work for me. It works for them. It works for Alan, but it doesn't work for me. I used to think that. I used to, to know that it was possible. Well, at one time I would have told you it was impossible for me to leave teaching and do anything else. Like I was just a teacher. Like I can't do anything else. Like I, And I would have sworn to you that wasn't a belief. That was the world. That was the way the world was. And then I started to go, well, hold on, that can't be fully true because other people have left teaching and do that. So it's not impossible, is it? And I was like, mm, hold on, it's not impossible. And then I was like, but maybe I can't do it. And then I was like, hold on, maybe I could. And it was that like, I kept just edging towards the idea of, and I said a few years ago to a friend, and it's so interesting because she reminds me of this quite often. I said to her, I'm not the kind of person that could have my own business. I don't know what the kind of person is that has one. I don't know what that is. But that was the sentence I said. And she obviously could recognize that was a belief that I had. But I was like, I didn't get why I didn't get why that was funny at the time. <laughs> like you just laughed. But at the time I was like, but I'm not the kind of person that can have their own business. Like they're like a different like type of person. I don't know what I thought they were, but I didn't think I was it. And so it was like a case of then going, hold on, that person's a bit like me and they've done it. And that person's a bit like, and, and kind of doing that. So I suppose if you've got any advice on that, like when something feels so big for someone, you know, if someone's listening and they think whatever it is, something you've done, like Alan's got financial independence or Alan's got a global business or Alan's saying I can choose to see the good in people, whatever it is, like if that feels so far off, like have you got any advice on how to, to make that jump? Is it as simple as you just choose to believe something different or is there a process for you? No, it's definitely a process. Uh, so number one, realise that no one started where they are now. Like people look at me now going FI and all that other stuff. I didn't start there. I start as a bullied kid at school. I started as uh, someone trying to help my mum fix the family finances and doing car boot sales or garage sales to earn enough money for food. I didn't start there. I just started somewhere else. And everyone starts differently. And you just need to start where you are and make progress. Number two, if it's about a belief change, it's actually looking for evidence of the opposite. So if you believe people are bad in general, start looking for the opposite evidence and start instead of backing it up. 
And it's really interesting. When you start looking for it, you'll find it. And once you start to find the evidence, you can start to weaken your beliefs. And then you can start to go, well, okay, that's not true in all instances. Does it always happen? No. Okay, well, maybe there's something else that's true. And I think this thing of gross generalizations of people are this, money is this, these gross generalizations can be incredibly empowering or incredibly disempowering and can either trap you or free you. And once you've started to weaken your beliefs, you can then start to choose your beliefs. And I think on that bit, find people who've already done what you want to do and ask them what they believe and then borrow them, try them out, take them for a test drive, do them in the experiment. Like I will just act this week as if it is possible for me to run a business and I will swan around going, I'm going to run a business, I'm going to have fun. And you just act as if and try it out and then go, do I like this belief? Is it true? Is it not? And none of them are really true. They're just beliefs. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> it's only true if you believe it to be true. Right. So so you get to choose that. And and I love that, like, just try them on. So you've given people there kind of so many. Is there is there one thing that you would say to people listening? Like, if you could choose one thing, this is the thing. Like, you've given them so many beliefs. But is there one overall that would be? here's the thing that you would urge the people listening to this podcast and they're probably all starting a business or thinking maybe I could start a business or maybe they're already doing it successfully. What would you urge them to choose? You build your life. Like that's it. Like if there was one, I would start repeating to myself, I build my life. I am the architect. I am the construction team. I build my life. And what am I going to do today to build the tomorrow I want? And if you believe you build your life, that's so empowering because then you can start to take action to build the life you actually want to live. So just keep repeating to yourself, I build my life. I can do this. I am going to start construction. It might be a long way off, but that's okay. I'm going to start. I'm going to build. I build my life. I mean, that's a good one. I have one very similar on my board behind me. It says, I create the life I choose. It has to have choice in for me, but that's mine. I love that. But that sounds very similar. So again, that's really, I don't know what the word is, reassuring. It's just good to hear that like what I'm choosing to believe, like you say, align it with people that are doing the kind of thing you want to do. And I'm talking to you who's done so much of what I want to do. And I'm like, oh, we believe a similar thing. That's good. So hopefully people listening as well can go, yes, I already can take some of that. And and I think that's probably a good place to kind of wrap it up because it feels like that is that is the crux of it. Like you get to choose and and you've given in what you've shared today, like so much of the story of how you've made stuff happen. So I think, again, people can look at that and go, oh, I'm at that stage where someone's just asked me to do a thing and I don't really know if I can do it, but it sounds quite fun that feels like a good thing because that's how this whole thing started for you or like I'm at this place where I've just you know I've just been rejected by all these people that I sent emails to oh hold on that happened to Alan too I can do this like so they can (laughs) learn from your story but also from the advice that you've given about choose what you really want get really clear on it choose your goals know that you can change them and then choose the things that you believe that you want to let go of and that you want to choose to keep as well that feels for me like that will be really powerful 
it's been really powerful for me talking to you, but for people listening and for me listening back, because I will also be a listener and I'll go, oh yeah, that, that was a good, good question, Emma. <laughs> uh, I will also listen back. Um, but is there anything from you? Like what, how would you sum up what we've talked about today? Well, before I do, Emmett, what do you sell and who do you sell it to? Oh, <laughs> I'm a coach and I am all about choosing what feels good to you, as you might have guessed from what I talked about. So um, I do that in lots of different ways. I do it lots of different ways, but it's all about making those choices in your mindset, in your beliefs, and then choosing the life that you want. And that's not about me saying this is the life that you should have. This is the way it should be. It's about people choosing. So I do that in a few different ways. I work with teachers and school leadership teams because that's where I was at. I alluded to that earlier. And I work with them to actually realise that they have a choice in this stuff. When I was teaching for so long, I would have told you, this is just the way it is. Teaching stressful. It's meant to be like this. Like, actually, there's so much choice. And, and I want to work with teachers to help with that. I work with students to help them make choices when they leave school that feels good to them. I help them do that. I help people who want to change the way their life is they want to take a step out of one career into another to change like lots of different ways but the crux of all of it as you may have guessed is this thing called the power of choice and that's the crux of everything I do I love that so if people want to find out more about your business and you Emma where do they go well (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm going against some of the business advice I got which is pick one social media platform and only do one thing I've gone no I'll go everywhere thank you very much I'll do what I want (laughs) so I am at Emma Can Coach, uh, that's Can C A W N. At Emma Can Coach on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn with the same thing, Emma Can. On Twitter, you can also join my Facebook group. It's called Choice Club, and it's all around this idea that we get to choose what feels good to us, and we get to create the life that we choose. So, if people want to find me there, they can find me on Facebook at Choice Club, and come and join the community. It's a lovely place to be because we're talking about all this kind of stuff all the time. So yeah, I'd love to I'd love to have people come and join me there. That's awesome. Emma, thank you for hosting the show and for being part of this. I really appreciate it. You've come up with some great questions and insights and ideas. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's so exciting. It's so exciting to be, you know, given the I don't know what the word would be. Is it like a steering wheel? <laughs> what have I been given? The helm? That, yes. I don't know, the control, the deck, the, uh, I don't, who I knows, like, you're in charge. Yeah, just for a moment, I was in control and it was all right, wasn't it? It was all right. <laughs> so thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, you get to choose your future. Choose what you want. Go out there, have fun and start building the life you want to live. Thank you for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Quick announcement from me at the end of the episode. As some of you probably know, one of the upcoming coaching series is going to be run by a guy called Jay Thorne, who's taking over the coaching series and helping me to write a how-to book. It's quite an adventure. I think it'll be very interesting for all of us. And he is doing, for the first time in two years, a free five-day writing challenge, which he asked me to share with you. And I have loved being coached by Jay. It has really helped me to get my book going and to get my ideas out there. And I'm excited to sell them and get it going. And his How to Book Five-Day Challenge is designed to help folks start a how-to book. So if you think you've got a how-to self-development type non-fiction book in you, 
This challenge is for you. It begins on the 18th of April uh, and he's got a simple sign up form where you put your email address in and you'll get sent the lessons. And it is at howtobookchallenge.com. He asked me if I would share it along and I am happy to because Jay is a fantastic coach and I have loved working with him. And I'm very excited to share that series of the coaching series with you. So if you've got a book inside you that you want to start, sign up to his free five-day challenge. If not, get on with your business and have fun. Thank you for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a Rebel Entrepreneur.